shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Pastor Mike Warman, who is from Parklands Christian Church uh, in Logan in Brisbane. Wonderful to have you as my guest and co-host today. Thank you so much for coming in on this Sunday morning together. Yeah, it's a real honour and privilege to be here, Phil. So thank you and thanks to the listeners. So let's paint a little picture here. Pastor Mike Warman, always been a pastor since you were born. <laughs> well, maybe, feels co- like that maybe. maybe called to it, but uh, definitely uh, wasn't uh, walking in that calling for a long time. So well, we'll hear a bit of your story uh, a little later on this morning. Um, what, what's the church like that you lead? Yeah, it's a, a wonderful uh, church with a, a great congregation. We'll be 40 years old next year. Oh, wow. So we'll have a 40th birthday bash in July next year. And uh, we have a uh, congregation with youth and children's ministry. We have a wonderful Peter 12 college that will be K to 12 or actually Early Learning Centre to 12 next oh, right. year. So what, what age is that starting at? Well, we're taking newborns, uh, oh, well, six-month-old Okay, from next year. So a lot of responsibility uh, and uh, it's a great honour and privilege to be able to love and minister to those families and their children. And uh, we have a, a small but growing community care also operating out of our church. And so we have a church, a care and a college. It's mm. great. Logan is not known as uh, you know one of the most affluent places in Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. there's uh, there's a lot of social issues there. It's a bit of sure. a melting pot. There's people from just sure. about every country on earth. I think 216 different nationalities wow. according to the census. Wow. So what's that like for you as a pastor? Mm. Well, I grew up in Logan West, so I was born in Logan West back mm-hmm. in the 60s, and uh, so I've grown up in it and. Uh, For me, I think um, it's been a a journey, I suppose, as a Christian to see how God is calling all people uh, to himself, but uh, certainly a neighbourhood's not without their problems and issues, but uh, we just believe and speak good things over Logan and know that God can do a great transformative work. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Phil's my name, and again, a big thank you to all those who were part of uh, Visionathon this week. So many great stories that we heard. Pastor Mike Warman is my guest and co-host this morning, and I wonder what you think about when you hear things like this, Mike. We had uh, one particular lady, Bethany was her name, from uh, Queensland. Right who said, you know, she loves listening, particularly when I'm in the car by, my, by myself. A lot of people say that, but it was this bit that got me. The other week I was really struggling and feeling quite stressed out, but then I heard a worship song yeah. that was exactly what I needed. It reminded me of God's love and how there's nothing I could do to make him love me any more or any less. Yeah, wonderful. How does that make you feel? Well, it's outstanding. I think, um, you know, sometimes we're in work environments where we're, doing things they're probably not created for, but we are definitely created to worship. Mm. And I believe when you know a song just picks up on the goodness of God and his love for us, mercy for us, and we enter into that worship, we can be transformed by a song. Yeah. Well, we often think about worship as being music or, you know, it's singing, yeah. but it's a whole lot more than that, isn't it? Worship is really your whole life. 100%. You can worship God with your giving. You can worship God with your service. You can even worship God with, uh, you know, your surrender. Um, and so it's great to put you know that love for God into song and into music, but yeah, our whole life 
can be a life of worship. Mm. One of the great acts of worship, of course, is coming around the communion table on mm. a regular basis mm. and actually stopping, remembering, declaring what Jesus did. We're going to do that together very shortly. How can people best prepare for communion this morning? Yeah, well, um, you know, we're going to be holding two symbols, um, the symbol of bread and the symbol of a cup. And so if people are able to grab a cup and some bread and, uh, yeah, just, um, you know, focus their mind, we can lead them and uh, bring them into the presence and uh, the goodness of God and remember all that he's done. Mm -hmm. Communion sometimes feels like a bit of a ritual. Yeah, yes. it, and it can be. You know, you just sort of go through the motions, right? But I don't, I don't know it was actually ever intended in that way. When Jesus said, "You know, as often as you get together, you yeah. know, do this in remembrance of, of yeah. me." Yeah. And how do we get ourselves out of that place of just kind of going through the motions with communion? Do you reckon? Yeah. Well, the ritual is good because it means to be doing something, uh, you know, continually and regularly. Yeah. 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 Uh, but going through the motions is not good. And uh, so I think, uh, you know, for them, obviously, eating, a, a, you know, sitting around a meal, breaking bread, drinking drink together and bringing that time together and presencing God is uh, so wonderful. And so I think, um, you know, we just need to have a heart open for God to talk to us rather than completing a ritual or following along with everybody else. It's like, Lord, here is our time. Mm. This is what you invited me to, and uh, I'm ready to receive from you. And I think that's the key. Mm. God is always ready to pour out his love and pour out his goodness on us, and so we just have to have an open heart. Worship, conversation, prayer, and teaching. This is Sunday Morning Together on Vision Christian Radio. And you're with uh, Phil here this morning on Sunday Morning Together. It's a minute past eight now if you're in South Australia or the Territory. And that's time for communion, a significant thing that we do at this time every Sunday morning. So I'll just invite you right now, uh, whether you have some elements prepared and ready to go or not, maybe you're driving a car or something, the main thing is just lean forward, bring your heart. That's what God is actually most interested in, is our heart. Now, my guest and co-host this morning is Pastor Mike Warman. Uh, he's the Senior Pastor of Parklands Christian Church in Logan West uh, in Brisbane, and he's going to lead us right now. So it's over to you, Mike. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, everyone. I hope you've got uh, something, uh, some bread and uh, some uh, thing to drink. But uh, if you haven't, you can still presence along with us. Um, this morning, I just wanted to share a thought. You know, we hold these symbols in our hands, the symbol of bread and uh, the cup. And uh, they're symbols of the new covenant, but they're also symbols of Christ's body. And I think we live in a world where there are so many symbols with so many messages and mixed messages and sometimes not uplifting or healthy messages. And I love the fact that Jesus said, as often, as often as you are together, as we are all together now, to do this in remembrance of me and, you know, to have some symbols that point to the work of Christ and to the love of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ and everything that is Christ. And for him to invite us to enter in with him and partake of him is just a, a beautiful invitation. And uh, wherever you are in the nation or whatever you're doing, I just encourage you now as you hold some bread and hold a cup to think about the symbols. You know, the, the bread symbolizes a body. And um, traditionally, you know, we would sit around and eat of one loaf and realize that we're all been made part of one body and his body was surrendered for us. And so it is a beautiful symbol. And the cup is a symbol of a new covenant and it was uh, one for us 
through the blood of Christ, the laying down of his life, the blood that cleanses us of all sin. And so the symbols you have talk about belonging and being clean in the presence of God, coming into something new. And I just think um, as much as it is a ritual, we can do it daily. And certainly my wife and I take communion and you know, many people in churches across the nation are doing it now. Um, it's more than a ritual. It's an incredible invitation to enjoy the love and goodness and to remind ourselves the work is finished and the price is paid and we belong to him. So if you have some bread in your hand, I encourage you, just take a moment and and thank the Lord that uh, you are a part of his body. You have been made part of his family uh, through his surrender. And so why don't you eat that now? And as you eat that and focus on that, just hold the cup and remember that the cup talks about uh, the overcoming of the sin and uh, the separation from God through the blood of Christ, that when we receive him and accept him and make him Lord and Savior, we, we enter into that new covenant with him. And this is the cup, this is the drink, this is the symbol that we belong and uh, that we have been made clean. And I certainly enjoy uh, the thought of being made clean by the work of Christ. So why don't you drink that now with the people that you're with, or even if you're by yourself, and just thank him in your heart for being made clean and being made whole. Lord, we thank you, and we honor you right now. We thank you for these beautiful symbols Lord, that means so much. And Lord, I pray you would refresh our hearts if we've forgotten the meaning. Lord, and I pray that you would rekindle in us a spirit and a fire to continue to have communion on a more regular basis and enter into the rest and enter into the good things. And so we ask every person who's received communion today to be blessed and to be set apart and to experience the goodness of God. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. We're about to get into a bit of storytelling with my guest and co-host, Pastor Mike Warman, who is the senior pastor of Parklands Christian Church and also part of the school that's associated with the church. A lot of churches have schools with them next door, but wasn't always the way. Many moons ago, you already disclosed earlier, born in the 60s. Oof, yeah. In the local area where you're currently pastoring. Yeah, that's right. What, what sort of family situation were you born into, Mike? Yeah, well, I have um, a sister who's older, so just the two of us. And uh, Logan West was quite rural when we grew up. Okay. And so uh, a lot of the suburbs, which are densely packed with houses now, we would ride our motorbikes, horses and such like through those areas. So yeah. definitely seen a lot of change. And I actually live 500 metres away from the house that I was born in now. Oh, so really? haven't gone far. <laughs> Not far at all. Was there any faith influence in your life then? No, none. Um, we didn't have, I'd never attended church, uh, never held a Bible, and never heard the gospel uh, until I was 28 years old. Wow. Mm. And so your parents, not, no. not people of faith? No, uh, no, just didn't have any exposure to anything at all. So. Okay, so what did life look like for you growing up? Uh, you know, the usual sorts of things, sport and trying, yeah, yeah. To, trying to figure out your way in the world? Yeah, 100%. Um, very competitive. Every sport known to mankind, having a go at and uh, very loyal to my mates. And so we spent a lot of time in the bush and, you know, going around doing various things in and out of school time and, and that sort of thing. And so, yeah, very active. Grew up on a on a fairly large, well, medium-sized property, and so a lot of work to be done and, mm. and that sort of thing as well. So mm. work hard, play hard. Work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. Get in trouble? 
Ah, uh, yes. Pregnant pause. <laughs> That's right. Where do I start? Yeah, where do, you, where, where do we begin? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so it wasn't until you were 28 that yes. you, you heard the gospel for the yes. first time. Yeah. Before we get to how that happened, mm-hmm. what was life like for you in, in the 20s? So yep. you'd gone through those formative teenage years and yep. you know, into some kind of career or other. Yeah. Where were you? What were you doing? Yes, I was making my way in the world. I had a business and I was uh, reasonably successful, to be honest. Okay. And Doing uh, what? I was a builder, registered builder. All oh, right. And uh, so building homes and uh, and trying to play a professional sport, AFL. Okay. So training hard. Trying. Uh, yeah, trying, yeah. Didn't so, quite get there? Well, lot of, I'm, I'm on the scrap heap like 10,000 other guys. A lot of injuries, had a lot of uh, a broken leg and a lot of stress fractures and things. So anyway, hear the violins playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> but what was life like for you? You know, where where was it? Was it good? You're just floating along. Were you having, you know, challenges? Yeah, no. I think um, you know I was enjoying quite a lot of success in life, and so wasn't even thinking about anything else bar that success um, until my wife had some very serious health challenges, and you could you could say uh, that everything crashed around that. Right. And uh, yeah, we really hit hit the bottom quite hard. Yeah. What did that look like? Where did, where did that take you? Yeah, well, it was a mess. I mean, it took me to the place of despair, my wife to the place of despair. We had four young children at the time. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, so we were just uh, completely lost, and I had no answers. So a person who grew up having all the answers and having all the success um, and doing life well, so you would say, and according to the world standards, uh, now was in a place of having absolutely no answers and mm. no way forward. The rug pulled out. 100%. Absolutely had my life turned upside down. Mm. So how did it come to be that you heard the gospel? Yeah. So um, we, I had my first interaction with a Christian person that I know of at 28 who came to visit my wife when she was sick. Right. And she was in and out of hospital. And uh, through that interaction, they began coming to our house every Wednesday night. Uh, you know, unbeknownst to me, to minister to us. But I just thought they were uh, being kind and... Uh, so they were doing something us. practical to help you. Absolutely, yeah. Just um, involved in our world and um, and our welfare, and uh, yeah, and they revealed that they were Christians, uh, and uh, yeah, the rest went from there. How did that make you feel? Like, what sort of reaction? Uh, mate, I bottomed out. Okay. Yeah, I really was uh, quite, I would say, fearful. Um, and uh, what do these people want? Closed off. Yeah, very closed off. But my wife was hungry to hear more. Right. And, so uh, presumably she hadn't had any background either. A little. She had a lot more than me, I guess. And right. so she was familiar with who Jesus was. But um, yeah. That was about it. That was it, yeah. Yeah. So how did it play out? Well, it was incredible. They uh, shared the gospel with us late one Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, my wife was absolutely, um, you know, hungry to give her life to the Lord. I was, uh, you know, probably more confused than anything else. Because you were pretty desperate at this stage. Yeah. You described yourself earlier as someone yeah. who had all the answers and now all of a sudden you Correct. didn't. Yeah. Very successful in business and yeah. all of that. But what do we do with this situation? Yeah, that's right. And I remember actually thinking probably quite arrogantly, you know, when my wife was diagnosed as being sick, I thought, we will, we will beat this. Mm. I will be able to beat this. Mm. But uh, seven and a half years later, um, it had beat, beaten us. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
So they shared the gospel with her. Yes. She was hungry. Absolutely. Where were you? I was in the kitchen making coffee for everyone, <laughs> trying to get them out the door, Phil. <laughs> okay. So what yeah. happened? To, so She responded? She did. And uh, immediately after her response, they said, let us pray with you. They explained that Christ uh, not only had died for our sins, but had conquered death and risen and had been made Lord of all mm. and is still able to help people today. Mm. And uh, that was just too much for me to hear. Mm. Uh, but my wife, um, in her need, she reached out and they prayed for her to be made well. And that night, she was made well. Wow. I am guess that kind of got your attention. It did. Uh, four days later, I got a phone call from the people who had prayed for her. And um, they asked me how my wife had been. And I said, actually, she has been amazing the last four days. And he said, yes, on the way home, we felt the Holy Spirit say to us that she's healed. And so I'm doing, as he's talking, maths backwards from Sunday to Saturday (laughs) to Friday. You hadn't put two and two together at that point, right? Didn't have the faith for it and couldn't see it. Thursday and then I thought Wednesday night. And so that's when I said, I need to talk to you. Wow. Mm. This is Sunday Morning Together. My guest is uh, Pastor Mike Warman uh, from Parklands Christian Church. He's uh, telling us his story at the moment. How long did it take you to meet up with them? So that Sunday afternoon, they came to my house. so pretty quickly. 100%. Yeah. uh, After church, and I said to them, please explain to me what's happened. They re-explained, and I said, what do I need to do? And uh, uh, they said, you need to read the Bible, God's Word. Mm. Have you ever read it? I said, I've never seen one, never had one, never held one. So he went out to his glove box and grabbed a big old thick, you know, dusty Bible out of the glove box and gave it to me and said, here, read that. Yep. And uh, I started reading it on the Sunday night when they left. And on Tuesday morning, he rang me and said, um, have you been reading the Bible? I said, yeah. I said, I'm, I'm in two Chronicles. So you just started at the beginning? And, well, well, he said, why are you in two Chronicles? And I, I thought, oh, I've done something wrong. I, d- <laughs> I don't know where to start. I said, what, is there a problem with that? He said, no, but I'm interested. Why did you pick that book? And I said, well, I, I didn't. I started at Genesis, and now from Sunday night to Tuesday morning, I'm in two Chronicles. Wow, you were really devouring it. Absolutely. It was supernatural. Um, I just couldn't put it down. I had a million questions, couldn't understand half of what I was reading, but I could not stop reading it. Mm. So he said to me, no, 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 um, start in the Gospels. And I, I said, what is that? And he told me. <laughs> and so I'm in the contents page, Phil. That's yeah. how I'm reading the Bible. There's no Gospels listed here. That's right. Yeah. And he said, start with Mark's Gospel. And I read Mark's Gospel, and I got to chapter 4, and uh, it talks about um, a woman who had been sick for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And some of the listeners would be familiar with the story with an issue of blood and she'd become poor, impoverished, ostracized and lost so much. And um, it says uh, that she reached out to touch the hem of Jesus' garment in hope as he went past. Mm. And I felt the Spirit of God say, that was your wife. She'd reached out just to touch the hem of his garment and she was made whole. Mm. And then I thought, I believe, I believe. What else did you discover as you as you were devouring the scriptures? Yeah, I think um, you know it's reading through Mark's gospel, and the, there's a storm in Mark chapter four. Uh, you know, a furious squall that that had probably paralyzed the the disciples with fear, and um, mm. he'd calmed the storm, and um, you know, confronted the demoniac, and then in sort of chapter five, the the woman 
uh, with the sickness touches the hem of his garment and Jairus's daughter is raised. And I saw in that, you know, there are really four hopeless cases, you know, the, the, the storm, the demoniac, the, the woman who's been chronically ill and, of course, you know, culminating with the death of a, of a beautiful little girl. And um, I just felt the, the Lord speak to me that um, th- this world is, is out of order. These are the things you see, but only temporarily out of order. Mm. And uh, as Jesus comes into these situations that are out of order, they they are only temporarily out of order. Mm. And he's making things right. And that was our story, and that's our experience, that Christ came into our world, um, bought order. And, of course, there were many things in my life that needed to be changed after being 28 years old, growing up in Logan West without you know, any God in my life. Um, And so there was a great amount of transformation that had to take place as well as believing. Mm. So how did that play out for you? You got this newfound faith. Yeah. um, And I guess you need discipleship at that point. Did did these believers walk the journey with you? Absolutely. We we would be together Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights, Sundays. And um, and I was just hungry to learn. Um, I quit my job. And uh, in, enrolled in Bible college right. uh, the next year, and uh, I just knew that God was calling me. And I heard God say to me one morning, I, "I want you to shepherd God's people." And I just thought, "There is no way I can do that. Mm. I haven't grown up in church. I don't have the heart for it. I don't know anything. I've made so many mistakes in my life. I can't." But um, the the Word of God again showed me the the life of Saul. You know, who was probably living because the guys who were discipling us said, Well, how bad has your life been? And I would tell them, and they'd say, Well, probably not as bad as this guy. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk me, about a pendulum yeah, swing. You know, Saul yeah, was it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, have you been murdering Christians? I said, Oh, no, of course not. And they said, Well, you can, uh, you can make the transition. And so, yeah, they uh, encouraged me to pursue what it was I believe God was calling me to. Mm. So off to Bible college. Yeah. How long was that? That took you away somewhere? Or? Yeah, well, no, just uh, into uh, Maricavat, which is a local suburb. And uh, I studied for eight years and worked part-time. And I uh, <coughs> ministered and worked in the church that I am now got saved into and am now the pastor of. Right. Yeah. This is uh, Sunday morning together. Pastor Mike Warman is my guest this morning and uh, hearing his story right now. As you look back on you know those, those early years... Do you wish it was different? Sometimes people look back on their life and they think, oh, you know, I wish I'd been born into a different family or something like that. Do you wish you'd known earlier? There's yes and no. Um, The the yes is when you don't have God leading your life, you can cause a lot of harm and uh, you can do a lot of things that hurt a lot of people and uh, do a lot of things that are unhealthy. And, uh, of course, if you could take them back, you would want to take them back. And so I do actually believe it's a wonderful testimony when people say, oh, I don't really have a testimony. I was born in church, raised in church, mm. and now I'm serving in church. I think that is a testimony mm. that God wants. Yes. Um, but on the flip side, um, you know, regardless of how lost we are, God can use our testimony um, to see others come to faith. And so you can be a long way away from God for 28 years. Um, and um, not that I think pastoring is the pinnacle of the Christian walk, but you can certainly go from having nothing to do uh, with the household of God to um, having a lot of responsibility and, and privilege in yeah, the household. Yeah, leading of God. a church. Yeah, uh, and even more than that, I understand you're also in the leadership regionally in in your own uh, movement or denomination. Yeah, that's right. I, I look after about uh, sixty five churches in the south side of Brisbane. Wow, as well. mm. wow, there are that many. 
uh, from our denomination. Yeah, in, in yeah, one denomination. Yeah, yeah that's, of course. Yeah. That's a pretty significant number. It's Logan, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we need churches everywhere. We need one for every nationality. Absolutely. Just yeah. Absolutely. It's a melting pot. You're with Phil here this morning. My guest and co-host is Pastor Mike Warman from Parklands Christian Church in Logan West. And uh, not only a pastor, but I understand, Mike, you've kind of, at times, taken on Paul's approach. A bit of tent making on the side. Yes. Uh, and I, from what I understand with what you were doing, probably positioned you really well to have empathy with the people that you deal with in the church and mm. kind of stay on the, the sharp edge of, you know, not getting caught up in church world. Yeah. Out as a, an ambulance assistant, or mm-hmm. if, excuse me if I've got that wrong, but, no. you know, helping helping people, you know, yeah. get from one place to another in ambulances. That's right, yeah. Um, so I started that role in 2015. So um, I've worked in prisons. Um, I've worked for the fire and rescue, and I've worked for the ambulance. So I right. um, haven't got a police badge yet, Phil, but... Uh, <laughs> well, it's still time. That's right. Has that helped you for ministry? Oh, absolutely. H- how? Um, I think uh, Christian ministers, the longer you're in ministry, so I've been in my church 25 years now, um, you can get a little bit removed from the day-to-day challenges and world that other people face. Yep. And uh, so I think it, it's good whenever ministers are able to and feel called to to keep working um, and to keep um, ministering in the community. So for a long time, I coached a lot of sporting teams um, until my children became too elite or uh, for that to me be able to coach at that level. And then when that phase finished, I just uh, went on seek and looked for a little part-time job. And that was the first one that came up mm. and I applied for it and got it. And so it's been incredibly enjoyable, been able to minister to people, help my community and uh, just stay connected to what's happening. I can imagine there'd be some interesting conversations with you know the other uh, staff in the ambulance. Yeah, for sure. As you're driving to jobs. Shoulder to shoulder yeah. for 10 or 12 hours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They'd say, uh, are, you, are you the Pope? They'd say. <laughs> <laughs> How would you answer that? Uh, yeah, I'd say, well, uh, not quite. Um, but uh, yeah, so you, I, I'd be known as uh, the priest, uh, the pastor, the reverend, uh, whoever it was there. So uh, yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Mike Warman is my guest um, this morning. Of your twenty-five years in the church, now you haven't been the pastor for that long, right? No, but you've been in that one church for yes. twenty-five years. Yeah. As you look back over that, has there been a, a theme or something that you think you know God's really taught you, uh, shaped you in some way? Because often. We can think about pastors as being these people that kind of got it all together. They always yeah. always have, and you know they're the ones that stand up the front, and they've they've got this font of knowledge. Right? Has that been your experience? Is that the Mike Warman? You know? Well, I'd like to say it is, but uh, no, clearly not. And I think um, with you know our pastors and leaders, um, we hope that they're living integrous, godly lives. But you only see them. A lot of people just in a little window mm. on a on a Sunday, and you're highly motivated, very organised, full of passion, and mm. anointed. Yeah, so you see them just in that context That's right. only. Yeah. yeah, it's like a little Instagram shot. So um, you're not living with them. So so I said before, we have four children. We've adopted two as well that oh, we've wow. had since since newborn. And uh, how now, old are they now? Now fifteen and thirteen. Okay. So we had room for two more, Phil, and uh, so we squeezed in. So that made six all up. And uh, yeah, so I think um, you know, life as a parent. As as a husband, yep. um, as a, as a father, um, has had many challenges, and I don't always excel in every area of that life. But you know, I hope 
hoping to surrender more and more uh, mm. to the will of God for my life and to be transformed in those in those areas. Mm. It's kind of where the rubber meets the road, isn't it? For anybody who's in the public limelight, shall we yeah. say? Yeah. You know, how are you at home? Uh, right. So, what advice would you give to somebody? I can imagine there's some pastors listening right now, right. or people in leadership, you know, and maybe or even just in the workplace, you have this persona. Right. that people might see in that Instagram shot that they see of you yeah, of as opposed to the one that your wife or your husband or your kids might, might right. see. Yeah. What encouragement would you give to, to that person about living that authentic life? Yeah, look, uh, one thing that I've um, been doing you know, for a season now is getting up early and praying. I walk and pray mm-hmm. uh, for about an hour every morning and um, I really am just asking God to speak to me about areas of my life to bring them into line with how he would want them to be and I would want them to be. But uh, I certainly also say to, to leaders in the church to let your guard down and be real and let people understand that you are challenged as well. Yeah. You hurt, you experience times of brokenness and, and sorrow and um, and battle with other things that other people do, do battle with. But mm. we also know that Christ in us is the hope of glory and it is uh, enabling us to overcome. And so we need good people in our life to encourage and build us up and mm. support us in our walk for sure. Final question. Yeah. Is there a life scripture a life verse or passage of scripture yes, for you yeah so i love philippians 4 8 ah, great scripture. um it is and i've <laughs> i made the well i'd say mistake of saying in a message just only several weeks ago i said if i could have a t-shirt made it'd say i'm going philippians 4 8 style well the next week <laughs> <laughs> one turned up well more than one. Oh no <laughs> <laughs> three or four uh were shirts of various right well they were so someone's uh ratted me out as a 3XL extra long <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so they all have uh, I'm going Philippians 4:8 style and so it, you know to dwell upon the things that are true and pure and noble and trustworthy and good um I think has really helped me because ministry life and everything else can be difficult, but mm. if we focus on the good things of God, we can um, make our way through those obstacles. Sunday morning together on Vision Christian Radio. You've joined us just at a really good time to receive something good today, of course, Pentecost Sunday, mm. and that's uh, going to be your focus, I understand, Mike, for yep. the best five-minute sermon you'll hear this morning. Is that is that what we're getting? 100%. 100%. All right. Well, it's over to you. Start the clock. Uh, Pentecost actually originated in the Old Covenant, and Shavuot, as it's known or called, is the Festival of Weeks. And uh, because it's held seven weeks and one day after the second night of Passover, so there's a a structure there to it. And it was originally tied to an ancient grain festival. And so as the early grain comes up, the first fruits, as it's called, people would, because they want to give God the first and the best, um, harvest that little bit of grain that had come up early. And give it to God. And it's also tied to the time where Moses not only received the Ten Commandments, but the whole Torah. So this was really an invitation by God to become his people. And the people received it and agreed to. And so the day of Pentecost, uh, where the Spirit came to the believers in the upper room, is tied to that day. And uh, so I thought today, being Pentecost Sunday, we would um, briefly look at some of the main benefits we now enjoy. Firstly, multiplying power. So the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost means that the gospel can be unleashed with power uh, from on high. Prior to Pentecost, the gospel was sort of confined to a small cultural and geographical corner of the world. But with the coming of the Spirit and the unfolding of the gospel and people being able to hear 
the gospel in their own language and uh, coming from all different parts of the globe. The gospel has gone forth everywhere, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 1, eight. And so the first thing about Pentecost is multiplying power. The second is gifts. The Spirit has um, gifted and equipped the church with all types of spiritual gifts and the fruit that comes out of the Spirit. So at Pentecost, Jesus told his disciples or in John's gospel, it's for your advantage that I go away. So as Jesus left, the, the coming and the pouring out of the Spirit came and people in the church got these incredible gifts to equip one another and also this great fruit in their life um, to live a godly life. And, uh, and it talks about Christ dwelling in your hearts through faith that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That's Ephesians 3, 17, 18, and 19. So first the Holy Spirit does an inward work in us. He's the one who administers justification. We, you know, we, we realize through the Spirit we're right with God when we receive Christ. He regenerates us and gives us an incredible new birth. He cleanses us. We talked about that at communion. He comforts us and bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And so that's an incredible benefit of having the Spirit. You remember that you're a son or a daughter or a child of God. Thirdly, after Pentecost, the Spirit um, now is at work convincing sinners, people in the world, like I was, who hadn't heard the gospel, that uh, you know they have a need for Jesus. Jesus taught this in John 16, verse 8. When he comes, this is talking about the, the Holy Spirit, he will convict us, Oh, sorry, convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And I love it that it's the Spirit that's doing that. The Bible says, lest the Lord build the house, the laborers labor in vain. And so I, I take great confidence that as we minister and preach and speak and share the gospel, that there is the work of the Spirit convicting people. The fourth benefit is because of the Spirit's coming, believers can and will be transformed into the glorious image of Christ. Moses used to go up on the mountain, Sinai, and uh, when he came down, his face would be glowing. Or he'd go to the, the tabernacle and come out and his face would be glowing, but that would fade. And so today, we don't have to ascend a mountain or go to a temple um, to have the presence of God on our life. We actually... Um, going from glory to glory because we now have the Spirit and can receive the Spirit. We're being transformed from one glory to another, it says in 2 Corinthians. So I'm glad I don't have to take a trip up a mountain or uh, make my way to a temple. I can simply um, receive the Holy Spirit and be transformed. Fifthly and lastly, uh, a new community was formed through Pentecost. Uh, mostly Galilean converts were believers, but then as Peter came down and preached, we know that 3,000 people added from all different parts of the world into the church uh, to follow Jesus. And so this new unity resulted in joint worship. So people who might have been separated or segregated had now experienced this incredible unity through the Spirit. They were unified because they'd all received the same Spirit. New relationships were born. And new economic practices were. The early church was incredibly generous. And so I love that this new community, that people are seeking more than ever today in a world that's lost, cold, where people feel just like a number, sometimes struggling to make ends meet. It's great to be uh, in the love of a church. And so Jesus had the fullness of the Spirit, 
And uh, and as uh, the new covenant came in, and he becomes our king, he becomes our Lord, he becomes exalted above all, we sort of share in the spoils, we're his people. And so he had the spirit, and now we receive the spirit. And so Luke eleven thirteen says, If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And I really encourage everyone listening today, ask for more. You know, Jesus didn't leave to leave us as orphans, but he left to give us more. And there's more for the believer, and there's more filling. There's more baptism. Uh, there's more of the Spirit for us to receive. And, uh, and so we see in receiving the Spirit an inward work that results in transformation, an upward work that results in seeking Christ. Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and the Spirit will always point us to the cross and also, we see an outward work, the power to proclaim the gospel and see a great harvest. So I want to pray for you uh, that you can, on this Pentecost Sunday, receive all that God has for you. Lord, we know Jesus left not to leave us alone, but to give us more. And Lord, for everyone listening today, I pray in their spirit, they say, give me more, Lord. I want more of your spirit. I want to overflow and be filled. I want to receive baptism and fire and filling. I want more of the work of the Spirit in my life. And Lord, I want to receive every good thing you have for me in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship, conversation, prayer and teaching. This is Sunday Morning Together on Vision Christian Radio. And almost at the end of our time together on this Sunday morning, it's been uh, wonderful having Pastor Mike Warman as my guest and co-host today. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me, Phil. It's been wonderful. Now, lots of things going on in Australia at the moment. Right. Uh, you know, there's lots of people under pressure. As, uh, we've got a referendum coming up this year. Sure. Uh, there's always things that get our attention. And I get my, my guests at the end of the program, and if you could uh, do this for us as well, to lead us in prayer for our nation. Before we do yeah. that, how do you reckon we ought to approach praying for our country and for our leaders? Yeah, well, um, you know, in Australia we... Uh, pretty good at criticising our leaders, mm. um, and uh, you know, which I think um, can be very unhelpful. And when we're actually in leadership, it's a lot more complicated. I always find things seem easy from a distance, and the closer you get to them, the more and more layers of complication there. So <laughs> they certainly uh, need the strength and um, you know encouragement, but also you know that leaders will find the heart of God in a matter. I think is is the way I pray. Lord, help them find the heart of God. And uh, yeah, so. Well, let's join together and pray. If yeah. you could lead us in a prayer for our nation, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for bringing us all together uh, in this wonderful land, Lord. And we are blessed and we acknowledge that. We acknowledge, Lord, your headship over us. And Lord, we acknowledge the vision that you have for this great country, Lord. As our population grows, Lord, we pray that we would, as a group, be unified and more and more seek your purpose and seek your will. Lord, I thank you, even as the Olympics are coming up, Lord God, back into our nation, it wouldn't just be a time where people gather here for sport, but they come and they feel and know that the Spirit of God is moving in this nation, that people are together and there is healing taking place. And so, Lord, we just stand against division today and we ask for unity. Lord, we ask for your will to be known. And Lord, we ask for courageous voices to stand and uh, to proclaim uh, the good things that you have in store. Lord, we ask you to bless uh, the nation, Lord God, this Pentecost Sunday, in the wonderful name of Jesus.
Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, thank you once again for spending some time with us today, Mike. Thanks, Phil. And, of course, you mentioned the Olympics there. That's yeah. uh, coming. Some people might be off the radar of many people, right. uh, certainly not for those in Brisbane because that's where it's going to be in, yeah. uh, what is it? 20, Nine years. 2032. Yeah, it's on us. Yeah, it's nine years away. That's right. A little way away. Yeah. Well, yeah. The big news in Brisbane, though, of course, is that Vision is on digital radio now. So, okay. you know, that, that trumps the Olympics. It I does. Think. It's far more important. <laughs> yeah. Or at least we'd love to stay there, and then we we uh, do need to raise a few more dollars to be able to Come do Come on, that. everybody. And, uh, look, thanks again to everyone who was part of Visionathon this week. Uh, if you hear those little chimes going now and again, that's still people that are giving over the weekend. So thanks to each and every one of you. Mm. And for those who've been you know, praying for us, who've shared their story this week, cheering us on from the sidelines, you know, you are very much a part of this, and I just want to thank you, every single one. And I'll be back again next week with uh, another Sunday morning together. I've got a special one for you next week with Carl Fays, uh, my guest next week, and uh, actually coming to you from Sydney. So uh, that's uh, going to be very good. I'll be in Sydney this week for the um, the prayer breakfast there. Great. It's that kind of season, a few of those happening around the place. Yeah, for sure. So I know Carl will have some great stories to share with us next week. So yeah. you have a, a wonderful day and uh, God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.